Welcome to Live Better, where it is the best day ever, every single day. If you don't yet think that's possible, let us show you. Time spent hamming with us is time spent crushing life. The goal of this show is the re-examination of life. Asking yourself why and how you spend your time is valuable. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or in a 9-to-5. It is about creating the life you want to live. It is about the unrestricted access to growth, potential, play, freedom, and energy. We promote movability here at Live Better. If you're going to ham, you got to eat. Explore, adventure, travel. We help you explore your interests and your passions. Essentially, what keeps you up at night. We encourage adventure in all its forms. Scare the shit out of your comfort zone. Doesn't matter if that's trying a new food or a new parachute. And finally, travel. Broaden your horizons and gain perspective. It's getting off the hamster wheel and on the Live Better rocket ship to decide what really matters. Our guests share their stories on how they're changing the world. We dive into how they pursue their dreams, achieve their goals, and transform lives. Good health is the sustainable fuel to make you the best at what you want to do. And once you feel good, do good. Do not tolerate ordinary. We ain't here to be average. If you're going to do it, do it. Take a deep breath and smile. It's time to turn up. Hey! This show is brought to you by Muggsy Jeans. If jeans that are as comfortable as sweatpants sound too good to be true, that's because you haven't tried Muggsy Jeans. The guys at Muggsy spent years developing a high-tech denim that's so flexible for a fit that's not too baggy, not too tight, but just right. I can now work out, rock climb, do gymnastics, yoga, picnic, mountain bike, go to the office, go out to eat, and sleep in the same pair of jeans. They're so flexible and comfortable, it's hard to take them off. Visit MuggsyJeans.com and use code LIVEBETTER20 for 20% off just for our listeners. This show is also brought to you by Four Sigmatic. The boys at Four Sigmatic wanted to find the smallest thing people could add to their current diet to produce the biggest positive impact on their health. While the answer might not be clear to you, to them it was. The answer? Medicinal mushrooms. Well, not magic mushrooms, as you might be thinking. Their benefits are magical indeed. Big benefits include immunity, heart health, and increased energy. Four Sigmatic has crafted several instant mushroom products, such as mushroom coffee and elixir packets, to be added to hot water or your favorite blended drink. I like adding the cordyceps to my tea to give my morning a little extra turn up. I like drinking the mushroom coffee with cordyceps and chaga for on-the-go energy and ending the day with the hot cacao with reishi to induce a calm, relaxed feeling pre-sleep. Visit foursigmatic.com, use code LIVEBETTER for 10% off, just for our listeners. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Brett and Jason here with Gina from A Sweat Life. How's it going, Gina? Going great. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing awesome. Can you just tell us a little bit um, about what you're up to right now? Yeah, so I run asweatlife.com, which is a content site out of Chicago with readers across the country. We have more than 26 writers right now. We're working on many things. Um, My focus right now is on events. So next week... On April 4th, we have an event surrounding Equal Pay Day. Uh, So we'll have two amazing speakers, followed by workouts from two amazing 
fitness instructors. The speakers are Sarah Spain from ESPN and Sarah Ames, a partner at her law firm who ran seven marathons on seven continents in seven days, which doesn't make any sense. (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. And then we'll follow that up with workouts from Emily Hutchins, who we all know and love. Um, as well as Soren Buchanan, who is spirits or Sprite Soren on Instagram, and she is lovely. So it'll be hit and yoga. That's awesome. So let's dive in just just to start off with a sweat life. What mm-hmm. is it, and mm-hmm. how does it function? Oh boy! So a sweat life is a content site. I say a content site because we create content in a number of ways, and I'm not the only one that creates content. So I started it five years ago, um, and at this point, we have two full-time people, and more than 25 writers. I think we're at 27, last I counted. Um, So we write content online that you can find two or three times a day. Um, We have a podcast that we just launched. Actually, you guys were really helpful as we were launching. Thank you again for your advice. of course. Um, And then we host (laughs) events um, monthly, sometimes weekly, um, sometimes a full week of events. Uh, but our whole goal in a sweat life is to connect people through fitness, whether that's what we're saying online, whether that's at our events or whether that's in real life, just running into people on the street. Um, the big question that we ask ourselves is, are we connecting people through fitness? And if the answer is no, then we do not do that thing. Cool. How, um, how did a sweat life come about? how did you decide to start it? And what were you doing before if that was not what you did full-time coming out of school? Yeah, so coming out of school, I'll start there. Let's go chronologically, yes? Cool. Uh, So coming out of school, I graduated from the University of Wisconsin in 2008 um, with a degree in journalism. It was not the best time to graduate and try to get into anything, um, especially not journalism. I wanted to write. I loved to write. But there weren't a ton of jobs in that. So I uh, was lucky in that I got the opportunity to work on the Obama campaign. Um, So in 08, I worked on the first presidential bid. Obviously, he was our president for eight years. um, And that was a good job. Yes, thank you. (laughs) It was all me. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. I was the small cog in a machine. But I was it was really my first exposure to running a business, quite honestly, uh, because you, and a, as a part of a team, or just you sometimes, had to open an office, staff it with people who would work for free, uh, and then train them how to talk to other people. And how to talk to other people is very complicated when you're talking about ideological differences. So getting people to sway people, or even just express that we might not agree, but we may agree one day, uh, is a very difficult thing to teach someone. And I, w- I would have to say that learning those things all at the ripe old age of 22 um, was the best education I could have gotten outside of college. So after that, I came back to Chicago um, to live and work here. I worked at a few PR agencies, um, ad agencies, doing content strategy, um, social media for large brands. I was super lucky. Again, I hate to say I was lucky because ladies do that, but you know, I had great opportunities and good timing, and I hustled and pursued those things. However... Um, I was able at the time and the place where social media was in the landscape of marketing to work on large brands um, and touch a lot of things that I wouldn't be able to do today. So I learned about content strategy. I worked with large brands um, and created content for 
uh, brands like Nissan North America, Motorola, um, Chocolate Milk, all very influential in sort of the, the turn that I would take with my life. So in all of this, it was very fun. The brands were amazing, got to do cool things. But I had always had this sort of burning passion um, to do something great for the world. Um, and when flashback to Michigan, when I was working on the Obama campaign, I, I sort of saw that the lack of access and information in the world of health led people to be more obese. If they didn't have access and information, they might not eat the right things. Um, so it was always in my head that I wanted to create a way to give people access and information to health and wellness, whether that meant it being my voice or whether that meant connecting people to the people who had the stronger voice in that area. That was always something I cared about. Um, it didn't really come to fruition in that I would have many voices speaking about this one clear, coherent theme until I was able to focus and quit my day job about a year and a half ago. But that was always kind of in the back of my mind. Five years ago, I started what was then FabFit Chicago, what was rebranded to A Sweat Life. Three and a half years ago, we rebranded. So five years ago, I started it out of boredom, if I'm being honest. Boredom. <laughs> so I'd, I'd moved in. With my then boyfriend, now husband, um, and I had a gym, but quit the gym because there was a gym in our condo building, and I fell into the worst rut. So it was elliptical abs, arms every single day, <laughs> on repeat, wash repeat. You would see that same routine in any college gym across the country. Yes. Um, and I just found myself plateaued. I wasn't gaining anything. I wasn't excited. I didn't care anymore about my fitness. So I committed to trying one new workout a week, I'm writing only about the ones that I loved um, and only writing about the things, the people, the places, the experience that we love has, has really stayed true at A Sweat Life. So if we don't like something, we just don't write about it. But back then it was just fitness classes. Um, so it was only me for about a year and a half. Um, then my first writer came on at that point. Um, I'd gotten emails before from people who wanted to contribute, but this was the first time someone wrote me an email, submitted an article, and I was just tired enough and just <laughs> desperate enough to meet for a coffee. Um, and that person turned out to be Kristen Guile, who's still with us today. Um, and we've grown from two to soon after five to soon after 25 to 27-ish um, <laughs> today. Uh, so that's a sweat life. We launched sweat working three years ago, more than three years ago. And that, again, was selfish because I was lonely. I was taking all of these classes, um, and I wasn't really getting to see other people enjoy them. I got to hear them say that they liked what I said, but I didn't get to see them like it, too. Um, so I was hungry for that, and I was hungry for sort of community as well. So I have a question. You you just mentioned sweat working. Yeah. Just intuitively listening to it sounds like a cool spin on networking. Can you explain your take on sweat working and then what you do for that? Yes. So... It's a simple concept. We've been doing it again for a little more than three years. And what we do is we take over a gym and we fill it with people. Uh, so then you know that when you come in and do a workout with us, you're going to be among people who probably haven't tried before and you're paying less than you would if you're taking a studio fitness class. So that removes two huge barriers to entry, that price and the feeling that you're going to be alone. Um, and then at various points throughout the experience, we force people to make friends. Um, <laughs> Whether that's me just standing at the door and physically greeting everyone with a <laughs> hug or a handshake and then introducing them to someone else, which is not scalable, or whether that's sort of bringing in our now team of ambassadors and having those people facilitate those relationships. We force the friendship. We see it's 
force, but they love it at this point. And then we see people really enjoy a workout and kind of bring that energy with them. So that's awesome. And one of the things you touched on was that term community. And obviously community is super important, especially in fitness. When you see and go to different gyms or Mm -hmm. fitness facilities, you start to see the same people. You start to talk to them. And obviously you connect with them because you're at the same place. Yeah. Um, Cultivating community is one thing that Live Better loves to do. Mm -hmm. um, And obviously something you guys love to do. What does community mean to you personally and also as well as? Ooh. So personally, I would say community means that it doesn't matter your goals. Um, I think community means creating a unit of people who all want each other to succeed, whatever that means. So um, it can be a group of people who maybe are striving for the same thing, um, but they come to realize that their sameness or their similar goals don't interfere with each other or they can help each other along the way or maybe they're striving for totally different things but they can help each other out and that applies to so many different things whether that's networking and how you connect people via email or in real life or when you meet people for coffee or at sweat working it's sort of running alongside of someone maybe let's say you're on a treadmill somewhere and you're running alongside someone your goal is the same you want to run really fast but me running really fast isn't going to take away from you running really fast so if we're in it together and we're cheering for each other and we both want each other to succeed to me that is the best manifestation of community yeah that's incredible i think that that kind of is that underlying effect of, of what building a community is all about. Mm-hmm. What would you say, obviously, community is a big portion of this, but when you're talking about a sweat life as a brand, what is the driving force behind it? You know, What is the roots? like? What's the rocket engine? Partnership. I, I think the only reason we've been successful is team and partnership uh, because it, it would have been really easy for me to just... I mean, not easy, but it would have been easy for me to build walls around myself and try to create this as Gina, a sweat life. Um, But instead, I saw a bigger vision for what it could become. And so I knew that that larger vision required a team, required accepting that other people would do similar things to what we do and sort of understanding that those don't take away from what we do. They aid what we do and we can help each other Um, and sort of pairing up partnership has been partnership has been honestly our rocket fuel i pride myself on on not on my network but on like my willingness to share it so and i know that which is obviously amazing and i think that's been a switch for a younger generation that Mm -hmm. looks to grow together the more people you can get into the space share information share resources um whether that be information or people leads to group success which builds you up individually at first yeah we've talked before that that was a challenge for you for sure can you talk to them about that because i think people have a hard time um watching other people get credit for something that was maybe theirs maybe their somebody else's brand is growing a little bit faster which sometimes it it can have a negative effect on your like self-thought your You're ego like, well they're yeah. getting better than me so now I, want, I need to stop doing yeah. this like can you talk about some of those challenges that you uh, you've shared with me before yeah well i think i think that there's always the challenge of ego right there's always the challenge of what what you think about yourself and when you start to sort of think about yourself in terms of others like what others are doing or how what they're doing in, impacts you as a person you're going to run into that but when you're able to sort of pull out of it and think a it's this thing is different because X, Y, and Z. Um, 
I, I try to always, when confronted with either competition or someone who's similar to what we're doing, um, I try to think about how they're different and how they're helping. Um, so if I can think about like, they're helping do X, they're saving Y lives, they're bringing people together in a different way, um, there are enough people, eyeballs, voices to go around. Um, so I, I think if you can sort of frame the world in, in the lens that there's enough success to go around, it really helps to remove that. Uh, so that's, that's one thing that was a shift for me because when moving out of the corporate culture, you're sort of trained to view everyone as competition. You know, like my path up the ladder, there's only one way up, there's only one ladder, and if you get in my way, like, better <laughs> better watch out. Drag you off the ladder. Yeah. Um, and I'm a, I'm a very competitive person, but I'm learning to sort of channel that in healthy ways that are healthy to our community, that are healthy to other people who are doing good things, has been important to a sweat life and its journey, too. And it just feels better yeah. Um, yeah. when you're able to emotionally say, like, okay, I support you because X, Y, Z, or how can I help you? How can we help each other? Asking the question, how can we help each other? Rather than thinking like, how are you hurting me? Um, is a very important and dramatic shift. Um, that's been great for me. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really good point. And sometimes, um, we look at competition in a negative way, but it can mm-hmm. definitely be a driving force too behind the brand and stuff. Um, for sure. Looking at your brand, though, and, and looking at everything else that's out there in fitness, there's so much, so much fitness, yeah. so much else, so many websites, yes. so many things. What's the biggest hurdle for a sweat life? Um, I would say it, it's interesting because we have such depth in Chicago, and as we gain traction in other cities, um, I, I think that that will be interesting um, and a fun challenge to overcome. I love a good challenge and I love solving a problem. Um, but you see sort of in other cities, we have wide readership across the world, um, <laughs> which is weird to say. Um, but but increasing our penetration in other large metro markets, um, the way we have done in Chicago uh, will require effort, concentration. Um, so I think that's an important challenge to overcome, but it's one that I, I'm up to and we're in the process of completing and achieving that goal this year. What's been different about some of the other cities compared oh boy. to Chicago? Well, I think when you look at large major, major markets, um, the saturation of people doing what we're doing um, is higher. But that being said, I think what a sweat life does that's so different is that we give people a voice, a platform to do things that they truly care about that they don't necessarily get to do in their day-to-day life. Um, So we have writers, most of our writers, by the way, are uh, professionals doing things that may require writing, but their jobs aren't writing, with the exception of a few. Like Cindy Cindy Kuzma on our team also writes for Runner's World and a few other amazing publications, and we're very lucky to have her. But all of our other writers have a unique perspective in that they are busy. Um, Cindy's also busy, but differently. Um, They're busy working a day job um, that requires a different focus. So we give them the platform to write, to talk about things they care about, and at some points um, to really impact causes they care about. So when whenever our writers or our ambassadors come to us and ask us if we can do something benefiting a charity they like or work with a friend who owns a small business that they know, if the answer is always yes, 
because we work to serve the writers, we work to serve the community, and we work to serve the team. And that attitude of service in business, I think, is really different, um, and it sets our team apart. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that utilizing all of those different people and getting the perspectives, obviously, Jason and I were in that realm for a while working that and trying to figure out our own brand as well Mm -hmm. it's cool to kind of see that because that's your customer that's the people that are going to these classes that are doing that they're business professionals so to hear other people writing about that and learning from those people is awesome because it helps them succeed as well Mm -hmm. when you look down the line um at at a sweat life and let's kind of kick it out pretty far like 10 years oh dear 10 years Mm -hmm. what do you see well i see honestly an incubator that helps people live their best life. Um, what that means could be different. And why I say like an incubator is because inevitably I'd love to help. You'll notice that our team is all women with the exception of one shout out to Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so our team is mostly female. Um, we love to empower them and we'd love to see them succeed. So in 10 years, I, I see this sort of pie in the sky goal, Uh, of creating um, either an incubator to help these women create their own businesses or achieve their own dreams or just live their best life. And I say incubator because I think it takes time and focus and practice to even know what your best life is. Yeah, and I think that's very interesting. Brett and I have talked about that for a while through your development of so many partnerships, so many events, working with so many brands. You end up just being a connector of like people, places, things to do. And you become that filter for information that people trust. Yeah. And just inevitably, when you are the pinnacle of that chain, you can help so many different people that it's yeah. a natural progression towards doing something like uh, an incubator or like mentorship. Or so right now we're testing it out. Um, so we have this this team of ambassadors. Um, we went through this selection process, and we, I say ambassadors. I use that term really loosely because we're not. It's not ambassadors in the traditional sense of the word. Like, we're not just giving them a bunch of stuff and asking them to post about it. Not that that's what everybody does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we we are creating a year-long experience for them. So we started by just asking them what their best life looked like or what their goals were or where they wanted to be. Um, and then we created a program around that. So every month we do a workshop followed by a workout. Uh, So examples of that are at the beginning of the year, we started with a goal setting workshop after a flywheel class. Um, Then we went into uh, sort of a month based around fear. Uh, So we had them do things that most people would be afraid of, um, including an arm balance workshop, then followed that up with improv. Um, so, so it's real, it's really a year of just getting people out of their comfort zone, making them think, And every time we're with the ambassadors, we ask them to be accountable for their goals. Um, So we do what we call the BHAG check. Uh, So we just say BHAG check, and that stands for big, I'm sure you're familiar, but big, hairy, audacious goal. Um, And they'll tell us sort of what they've done um, to accomplish those goals. And these people who are part of the ambassadorship are really amazing. And just seeing them sort of look at themselves in the mirror and see how amazing they are and start to chase their own goals is is awesome to be a part of. So doing that for more people would be my life's work. How can people get involved with that program? Um, how did you select them? Did they select themselves? They applied. So they okay. applied, um, and it was really hard to choose, honestly. So it, it took a long time. We went through um, 
tear soaked nights. <laughs> like, how do we cut these people? We want to take all of them. Um, and then we narrowed it down to the team we have now. I, I, I would honestly like to open it up t- to everyone in the yeah. whole world yeah. eventually, but we had to cut it somewhere, which again, heartbreaking, tear soaked, yeah. tissues gone. <laughs> When's the next round of applications? When can people get involved again? Um, so thinking we'll open up the applications for next year in October. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Um, let's talk about you. Oh. Personally. Cool. Um, can you talk about your role specifically at Sweat Life? Yeah. Like visions that you have, maybe personal goals that then tie into Sweat Life. So I'll share something like individually for Brett and I, Live Better has been this kind of overarching brand idea and message that we've pumped out. But Brett and I individually have different training goals. We have different strengths, different yeah. weaknesses. What are What is your favorite thing to bring to a sweat life and what are some like personal goals that you're working towards? Maybe that a sweat life is then supporting or mm-hmm. that you are drawing experience from and bringing that into sweat. Ah, yes, me as a human. Um, so <laughs> it's interesting because I it's it's hard for me to separate myself from the company. Um, so it's often like my goals are the company's goals, and that's something that I'm working on. <laughs> as are we. That's yeah. what we do, yeah. Um, but, but I would say my role within the company has transitioned. It's changed a lot over the years because I was chief everything officer in the beginning, um, then I sort of evolved into a role of editor in chief. Um, and I hired someone who helps a lot with all of the day to day content. Um, that's Maggie Umberger. So she sort of took a lot of the content off of my plate. Um, so my, also an amazing yoga instructor, also amazing yoga instructor, slash slash smart, slash wonderful, slash kind. Um, (laughs) sometimes she sleeps over whatever. Uh, (laughs) No, that's true. Um, and then so currently my role is more focused on business development and special events. Um, so what that allows me to do is to spend my time forming partnerships, which are the thing that get me out of bed in the morning and, and put a spark in my heart and make me want to make other people's lives better. Um, and so one thing that I don't, don't keep that much of a secret, but it's kind of a secret um, that I will accept a coffee with anyone. So if I get an email from someone and it's like... Check in. <laughs> if you want a coffee, just shoot her a DM. <laughs> the, answer, the answer is always yes, because I don't know you yet. I might get to know you and find out that I can help you, you can help me, we can help each other, or I know someone who can help you or you can help. People are important, and I think it's easy to feel like you're not important. So when someone looks you in the eye and says you matter, you contribute something, and you add value to X, Y, Z, if I'm the person that does that, great. If someone else does that, awesome. But if I'm able to do that through just 20 minutes of coffee, that lights my world up. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I think something Jason and I do, too, pretty much every week. We're always like... Oh, I got coffee with this person. I got yeah, this, this person. Yeah, already done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's but great. If you're gonna drink coffee, you might as well share it. Exactly. Yes. Never uh, eat alone. Never, never drink coffee alone. Yeah, there's no oh, reason. I like that. So yeah, speaking of never, that is a book sitting over there. Oh, okay. Never eat alone. Okay, okay. <laughs> speaking of never eating alone, uh, mm-hmm. never being alone. One thing that um, that is a driving force for Jason and I is just mentorship. And sometimes mm-hmm. we get that through going to coffee with somebody. It's yeah. You might think that you are going to mentor them, but in in reflection, it's their thoughts that help you. Yeah. Do you have 
a specific mentor, a couple, mm-hmm. um, maybe someone that's helped you with your business or your personal goals. Um, and if there's people in, in different avenues that have helped you, just yeah. kind of, let's, let's hear about them. I've been collecting pieces of humans that I want to be and in like the most metaphorical sense. Um, <laughs> I don't have like pieces of humans in my closet, but like I've been, <laughs> I've been collecting like traits, um, habits from people that I've worked for, that have worked for me, that I've just known, um, for 10 years. Uh, so I think with every job you learn something about yourself, just like with every relationship, you learn something about yourself. Um, so one person, Heidi Skinner was my first real boss and my first full-time job in Chicago in an ad agency. And she was my champion. Um, so sort of looking back on that and knowing like what it feels like to be champion, what it feels like when someone truly wants you to succeed versus working for someone who, who doesn't necessarily care about your success, um, is worlds of difference. So knowing that feeling and being cognizant of it comes through in the way I manage people. Um, I would hope and comes through in the way that I deal with people. Like I want, I truly want people in my life to succeed. And if, if it takes me helping them to do it, great. If they're doing it on their own, I'm going to clap for them. Like I'm going to be on the sidelines clapping. Um, I also, I've also had bad experiences at workplaces that were inflexible with bosses that weren't the right fit for me. Um, and just workplaces that were inflexible. And I am a person who needs a flexible work schedule. I will work a lot, but I need to be able to walk around and do things. Uh, yeah. So knowing that, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need that. Yeah. And knowing that that isn't a fit for me is important. Um, and being able to shape my life around that was important too. So that's not necessarily a mentor. It's more like, Understanding that habit and that set of habits I would have to have to work in that environment and knowing that it wasn't for me was important. Um, I also have friends in my life who are geniuses in business in their own right, and they have allowed me to bounce things off of them. They're people on our team, people who have started their own company, um, like Shrina Amin, who uh, was one of the co-founders of Pretty Quick. She is super tech savvy, understands how to talk to people about tech understands how if one day we were to ever go after an investor like how to do that my husband has worked in the startup world um, for his entire career so he he's the one that's always pushing me um, to sort of expand think bigger when I'm not pushing myself or when I'm having a down week Um, so I think that there there are a number of influences it's just understanding that you should always be learning um, I think is the best way to be mentored Speaking of always be learning, always be pushing yourself, how do you get yourself out of your comfort zone? So I am incredibly aware of my comfort zone, um, if that makes sense. So I all get to a point where I'll, I'll say, like, I don't feel nervous. Um, and, <laughs> and when, yeah, when I come to that point, I know that something has to change. Um, so... A great example of that is sweat working. We've been doing sweat working for a long time. I I love the event. I love the way it brings people together. We'll continue to do that for as long as possible, as long as studios will have us. That being said, I know how to do this event in my sleep. You know, like I I've been doing it for so long, so it was time to sort of flip it on its head, try something new, which is why we launched Sweat to Inspire. Um, because we know that people benefit from hearing other stories. We tell people stories all the time. So giving people, women in particular, a chance to sort of stand up and say, this is the thing I overcame. I'm killing it. Um, 
and you can too is incredibly powerful. Also because we embrace the shine theory at a sweat life. It's sort of like the same metaphor you gave earlier, like rising tide floats all boats. If you shine bright, everyone shines brighter together. Um, So it it was time to think outside of that box. And that's one way I, I pushed myself. So it's, it's just knowing and being aware of, of nervousness and fear. And if I'm not fearful, I'm not doing enough. Yeah, that's great. Speaking of fear, um, there's got to be a workout you're scared of in Chicago. Oh. What's one you're, that you kind of go to and that's tough? Maybe mm. what's your toughest? Yeah. And then what's your favorite? Well, you uh, Toughest would be Atlas Performance. There is a workout there. There's like 360 Fit, which is incredibly hard, very agility-based. Um, there's also Metcon there. Both of those things will will get me to push myself harder than anywhere else. What type of workouts are those? Um, both of those are sort of athletic conditioning okay. focused. Metcon, you'll also see strength. It's sort of CrossFit light. Okay. Um, so that's one thing. I know walking in the door, like, I'm going to walk out red-faced, very hungry, and, <laughs> and like, you shouldn't talk to me for an hour yeah. after that workout. Um, my favorite, this is always a really hard question for me because I think I, I go through phases and I sort of have favorites and I'm starting to train for the marathon now. Um, so I have to be a little more dedicated to a certain practice and to like cross training. Um, but I'm really, really into yoga right now just cause I, I fell out of it, um, and realized like how my body felt, got back into it, um, started feeling my calves loosen up, my feet feeling better, my shoulders going down and back and just like the stress leave my body. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of favorite places to practice. Like Zen yoga garage is great. The lab if you haven't been, I love the lab. Um, you'll get upside down like, every time. Uh, so that's scary and fun. I could go on all day about favorite workout, um, which is a, a terrible road to take me down. But right now, I really love yoga and have been trying to do more of it. Cool. Um, so as you incorporate more workouts into your routine, I'm sure you have other habits that you practice. Yes. It's always tough on entrepreneurs and someone who doesn't have a set routine yeah somewhere that you walk every day Mm -hmm. take calls every day you're always bouncing around do you have a morning routine or any kind of daily practice that you go to so my mornings are generally spent sleeping until the very last possible minute and then getting out of bed hot dock yeah wherever you're going 100 (laughs) miles an hour crash landing Um, so I try really hard to get ready for my day the night before. And if I'm ready for my day the night before, I'm able to move really quickly, um, through that morning, whether that means just having my lunch packed and my clothes laid out for whatever my morning entails, that's successful to me. Um, I'm trying harder at the, the push of my acupuncture is, I don't want to call her that because she's an Eastern medicine doctor. Um, Amy Wolf, the best. Um, she has been pushing me and pushing me to meditate. She's like, just five minutes a day, use your headspace. Every time I'm there, I know that I'm going to get that sort of like mothering lecture. So I'm about to just <laughs> do it so that she stops lecturing me because I cannot tell a lie to save my life. So I'm always going to tell her I'm not doing it. <laughs> so I want to meditate more. And then there's one thing that I do to sort of get out of my own head um, and just relax. And it sounds crazy, but I'll run and listen to podcasts at night. It started when I was on the Obama campaign. I would listen. I would actually listen to speeches that Obama had given because I wouldn't be able to watch the news all day, and it was one way to feel pumped up about sort of what was happening. And now it's like 
I'm listening to other people's stories or other people's struggles and I'm able to relate to those things. And it's really different than listening to music and running because it's like the words in your ears, there's laughter, you can relate. Like a lot of a lot of times I listen to How I Built This. That's my favorite podcast right now. Other than the Live Better podcast, obviously. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I think, and that's cool too. I was doing the same thing on commutes. I'd listen to a podcast every time I commute, every time I walked into work. Brad and I would always talk about it. It's funny. As you, as I... We walked into our previous corporate jobs. You would hear about all these people doing these amazing things. You'd get so excited on your walk into work, and then the second you swiped your card to get through the little security turnstile, you're like, oh, man, I have to do this. And I was thinking about that. If you've been thinking about that and you keep having these reinforcing thoughts from these podcasts and cool people you're listening to, like Gina right now, it should make it a lot easier to pursue things that seem of extreme interest yeah and i think what's what's important is just what we wanted to do with our ambassadors too was knowing like what it is you're interested in and building yourself a path to pursue it um because i didn't just quit my job and start just like you guys i didn't just like quit and start doing it i um i built a team and then i got certified as a personal trainer and when i quit my corporate job i was training 20 classes a week so that i could pay for things um, and then I slowly and surely pared that number down. As I built the team up, we were able to afford to pay someone full time. So it took it took five years from beginning to paying someone a salary. Um, but I think if you can be patient and keep chugging, you can do anything you want to do. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's amazing. The patience is a big thing, and it's mm-hmm. tough because Jason and I went through that same thing. I mean, we were working our corporate jobs for years yeah. before we actually were like ready to make the leap. Yeah. Um, one thing we love to ask all of our guests is within your craft, within a, a sweat life, within your life, within training, whatever it is around kind of the mm-hmm. health and fitness, what's been the coolest moment? Has there been like one thing, um, a specific person that you've helped overcome something, a specific group of people um, where there was like one moment, it was just like, this is incredible. This is why I love what I do. Um, one thing I really love about a sweat life is that I'm given and the team is given the opportunity to tell other people's stories. Um, and I think that that's a really powerful gift and tool that we have. So one of the stories that I was fortunate to be able to tell was Carmelita Jeter's, um, years ago, the Olympic track athlete, and she's incredibly fast. Her nickname is Jet. And there was a moment in the interview where it was so obvious that other people who interviewed her hadn't done their homework. And I had, cause I cared. Um, and she stopped the interview and was like, I'm going to tell you things that I wouldn't tell other people because you know about me. Um, like the fact that I knew she played basketball and the fact that I was excited to talk to her about that, um, led her to be more open and honest with me. And that was a moment where I was like, I am on to something. This is important. What we are doing is important. Yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. Those moments are just an incredible thing. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to touch on the, the answer you just, you just gave a little bit. Um, and be a little bit selfish. Oh, yeah. Um, but you interview a lot of people. Yes. Uh, you've interviewed Jason and I before. Obviously, you interview some people that have done most incredible things. Give us a few interviewing tips. Like oh. When we're, when we're taking someone on the show, um, for example, obviously getting into people's backgrounds. Jason mm-hmm. and I do a lot of research on everybody yeah. that we that we meet with because we've noticed the same thing. We interviewed a couple people and noticed like two days before the show that they like launched something new or got back mm-hmm. into their, their past. Even if it's a little bit... That's helped us a lot. Mm-hmm. What are a couple other things that, that you try to do with every interview, whether it's the tone of voice or the research or kind of a culmination of all this? Well, I think 
I think there are a few things like research is super important. Um, I think also just being very interested in what they say. And I'm not meaning that in sort of a contrived way. I mean, listening, taking cues from them, understanding, like if you hear an emotional response to something like follow up probe. Um, and I think not having any expectations for where the interview will go or what you want out of it, um, is super important too. Cause you might go down a path you never expected, um, and learn something totally different. Like you may learn that someone was raised by their grandmother and it impacted them. And now they're doing this charity and that's really cool. Um, and so just, I think being open to a conversation, coming with the knowledge, having like your key questions, um, but letting the interviewee sort of steer it, which is a publicist's dream, by the way. Um, yes. <laughs> but, but sort of allowing the conversation to take place in a way. That being said, if you have specific goals for an interview, uh, so for example, if we're working on a more scientific story and we need questions answered, we have to sort of stick to those questions. If we want to feature someone as an expert um, or if we know we're interviewing a psychologist who's done great work, we want to make sure that we get the questions answered that will feed the story that we're trying to tell. But again, like you never want to let your bias or your questions steer a story in a different direction than like that person's knowledge will steer it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an incredible response, and I think that's something that it, when we talk about us interviewing mm-hmm. people on a podcast, that's important. But it's also when you're talking about mentorship or getting a coffee with somebody, yeah. it's the same thing. It's not just like, hey, we're trying to learn about what you do yes. and like let our listeners know. It's like, hey, we want to have this conversation. Yeah. So that attention to detail, understanding, and, and really listening is something that's really important. One thing that our listeners love to learn about is everybody's story. Mm. Um, and when Jason and I left our uh, our jobs, that was one one of our most successful shows because people wanted to learn about it. And a yeah. lot of our viewers are stuck in something either that they don't love or it's something that they something they want to pivot from. Yeah. And we don't push people to quit their jobs. We just want make sure make sure we want to make sure that everyone's having the best day ever. Yes. That's our little that's our little <laughs> slogan. And if you're not doing what you love, you can't have the best day ever. It's yeah. that simple. So when you were, obviously you talked about how you were training 20 hours a week and doing that in order to leave. What were some of, uh, I guess, like, did you have a checklist of items that you had to fulfill before you left? And maybe you thought of this checklist and then like the day before you quit, you were like, I only did like seven out of 10 or five out of 10. Like, what was that checklist if you had it? And, and just kind of talk about that. This fits into some good personality questions. Oh yeah. Some people prefer to just wing it. Yeah, people are just like, I was good. Like the script followed to the letter. And I feel like I'm a script person and often find myself winging it Mm -hmm. for a much better benefit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think financially I needed to be secure in in a specific way. And so that was important in that sort of leaving journey. Um, But I honestly think the most guiding principle for me leaving my job to pursue a sweat life as my full-time job was asking myself the question, am I making my future self proud? Um, and the job that I was in, the answer was no. Um, and it, it wasn't, it wasn't because the job was bad. Like the job is, was great for a lot of people. A lot of people love it there. They thrive there. Um, but for me, the work that I felt that I was meant to do was outside of those walls. And I wasn't my best self within that environment. I wasn't my happiest self. My competition and competitive nature came out in the wrong ways. Um, so not making myself proud was one of the driving forces to leave. And, and I think like the idea of pride in myself is also deeply tied with my identity. And my parents prided me. Um, 
Oh, oh! I had an emotional second. Hold on. Um, you need the Kleenex. I think I'll be okay. There are no Kleenexes, listeners. Um, so my parents sacrificed a lot for me to go to college. Um, they paid for everything and could not afford it. Um, so the idea that they gave up so much and worked separate shifts so that they didn't have to pay for childcare. Ugh. And so that <laughs> my sister and I could be taken care of and that I could pursue my dreams um, was a big weight and a big responsibility on me. Um, Mom? <laughs> you're listening to this? We'll send her this link. No, but, but in all seriousness, like knowing that someone had done so much for me to succeed or at least be happy was important. Like I didn't want my parents to give up money and time and freedom and their happiness for me to also give up money and time and freedom and my happiness. Yeah. And I mean, thank you for sharing that first. And I think second, there is so much that you could take for granted Mm -hmm. every day. And the one thing that this like very cliche have the best day, everything for Brett and I has done is put a positive spin on things like, There's always something to be grateful for. If you think you're in a rut, somebody else has very likely sacrificed some of their time, their money, their emotional happiness for you to Mm -hmm. be where you're at. And there's always a way to spin it, turn it around, say thank you. And kind of what we've been talking about this whole time that like things are shared. Um, I was going to close with it, but we were just talking about that like just the kind of common denominator to success is that it is a shared experience. Mm -hmm. And you've been talking this whole time kind of like as a buildup about how important it's been for you to help other people. But then when you get there, you sort of realize like, let's go back down the chain. How many other people have actually helped me get Mm -hmm. there and given up things? Like, I think that is an awesome story from you and everybody at some point has that. And I always encourage people when they feel or are making themselves the victim that like you have the power to turn this around whenever you want. Mm -hmm. Somebody probably sacrificed something for you. So the fact that you're taking your happiness for granted, you're taking your money for granted, you're taking your situation for granted, like is a little bit BS at the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't have to live that way for sure. Um, and I think just expressing one, like one good thing that's going on. Like we, at my house, we do the pit and the peak. Um, every day. So the worst and the best thing that happened. And the first question I ask anyone, which I actually stole from Kristen Guile, who's one of the writers at a sweat life is what's the best thing that happened today? Like, just even like starting a conversation with that is it lights people up rather than having them start with complaining. Yep. It's easy to complain. Yes. Hard to be grateful. Mm-hmm. Can't do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. When you um, kind of like look towards the future right now, obviously you've got a bunch of cool stuff planned mm-hmm. out. Let's get back to a sweat life and talk yeah. about what do you have coming up? Um, how can people get involved in the near future and uh, where is it going in the next few months? Ooh, so we have a lot coming up, including our next sweat working week. So twice a year we do a week that is like a restaurant week for fitness. The schedule is going to be amazing and I can't say anything yet, um, but it will be <coughs> Uh, June 5th through 10th. Some of your favorite people will be there in Chicago. Um, and we're working with, because our, our actually one of our core beliefs at Oswald Life is that everything is better with friends. And every time we sort of bring people in to help us with things or we ask them their opinion, things get exponentially more awesome. Um, so we've embraced that 
this is a big teaser for it. We've embraced that for the next wet working week. And that's all I'll say about that. When can people sign up? How can they do it? June uh, 5th. Okay. The schedule will be live okay. um, for people to book classes and come and work out with us. And it's it's meant to just jumpstart people's fitness routine, get them to try new things, meet new people over the course of a week, form community, learn things in the process, all while high-fiving their favorite people. Awesome. What's on the Sweat Life bucket list? Ooh, Ooh so many things. So... I want to say something, but I don't want to give away. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I don't want to give away my future plan. Uh, <laughs> I I would like I'd like to take what we're working on now with the ambassadors and share it out. Obviously, that's one big thing that we're working on. We also we've we've had the opportunity. Um, to go to New York and do an event there as well. And we found what was interesting. This is why I'm, I'm telling that story to tell you this, that a few people from Chicago sort of followed us there and took the class with us. So it was like we said, we're going. And they said, me too. And they booked a plane ticket and came to New York to work <laughs> out with us. Nice. Yeah. So um, what we learned from that was that if we perhaps were to curate an experience in another city built around the uniqueness of that city's fitness scene, um, that there's a possibility that people would come with us to do something like that. So that's one of the things on sort of our bucket list in the future. Don't steal it. I know I'm watching you. Now that you've (laughs) been to other cities, what would you say uh, makes Chicago unique in its fitness? I think people in Chicago are gritty. They want to pick up heavy things. They want to work (laughs) until the last possible second. Like you see women in... Um, in classes where in maybe other cities you'd only find men where you're lifting heavy things and sprinting. Um, vice versa, you see men doing yoga here. Uh, that's also true in larger metropolitan areas, but maybe not so true in like a Dallas or uh, somewhere else. Uh, but I think like the the high-intensity interval training scene in Chicago really blew up. Um, but I think the grit that came out of that is really important and what we'll take into the future of fitness here. What do you think would make women more prone to that kind of action? To lift heavy shit? Lift heavy shit, be more gritty, feel empowered, more confident, maybe we'll stick to fitness and then let you open that. Oh yeah. Well I think they need they need to see it in action and understand that it helps, it doesn't hurt. Um, I think that's one thing Chicago has had going for it with a number of brands and communities that have come into Chicago and sort of said, like, see, here's what you can do. Um, CrossFit played a huge role in that in Chicago and across the world. Nike played a huge role in that in Chicago and across the world, just showing women that um, that there are these strong role models who do cool things and pick up heavy weights and they still look like women um and looking like a woman by the way can be whatever you want it to be um so i think just accepting that my body is different i pick up heavy things because it makes me strong rather than saying to yourself like my body needs to look like this and i pick up heavy things to make me look like this i think that shift is really important i like that a lot how about pursuing jobs instead of just fitness Mm. or or any type of like lifestyle passion 
I always say for everything, dress for the job you want. And I do not mean that literally in clothes because I am wearing spandex right now. Um, <laughs> well, that's the job you which want. Which I guess yeah. is the job you <laughs> want. So are we. That's um, the weird thing. Yeah. I'm in tights too. Yeah. Um, but I think just acting like the person you want to be um, is what I use that for. Um, so if you want to be someone who connects people, act like that. Um, if you want to be the person who is kind to their parents, act like that you know like just start walking the walk before you get too far ahead of yourself um just start doing the things you want to do apply for the job you're not yet qualified for you know like yeah start start saying what you want to do and then act on it immediately hold yourself accountable yeah it's almost that kind of like fake it till you make it that's something that brett i mean we talked about i i was actually just uh just talking to someone else the other day and they were kind of like coaxing my story out of me. And I was like, well, Brett and I laugh every time something good happens. Cause we're like, now we're, we're like actually doing something Yeah. before. Like you say you want to do all these things. And then all of a sudden you just kind of, just like you had the experience in your interview, you just sort of realize that you are actually doing it. Yeah. And there was no like perfect time to quit. You are perfectly confident to ever walk on stage. You just rip it, learn from it, and then you'll likely be successful doing it. Yeah. something you want to be doing. Yeah. If you don't give up, if you have a goal and you have a community that supports you, you are unstoppable. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, well, you're unstoppable. You are amazing. You guys are. We want to thank you so much just for being here, for taking your time, for letting us know about your yourself, about your business, about your mantra. Do you have any final closing thoughts? Anything you want to let our listeners know about? And this can be what they should go eat or <laughs> uh, quote or anything at all. Um, I would say to elaborate kind of on our mantra that everything is better with friends. I think taking that into your life. Um, can dramatically change everything. I mean, we talked about that's the theme of this interview because that's the theme of my life. Um, relationships make everything better. Um, allowing a team to help you makes everything better. Just asking for help makes everything easier. So if you can embrace the idea that everything is better with friends, I promise things <laughs> will be more fun, more fulfilling, and better. Well, we want to thank you for you allowing us to share in your journey too. Where where can other people find you that aren't already in your Sweat Life community? They can find me at asweatlife.com on Instagram as a Sweat Life, on Facebook as a Sweat Life, Pinterest, Google Plus, all the places. <laughs> um, and then I also train a couple times a week at Crosstown Fitness um, as well as once in a while with Nike. <laughs> Um, so training is a little more limited, but always at a sweatlife.com and wherever we are taking over that week. That's amazing. Thank you so much. And thanks for being our friend. Thank, Thank you. you. All right.